Mad Beef is kept going and growing by generous support from Skater HQ. Bill and the team have been heavily involved in the inline skating community since 1991 and continue to support competitions, skaters, and now a podcast. You can visit Skater HQ at one of their Sydney shops or shop online at skaterhq.com.au. Also, big thanks to our Patreon supporters. It really means a lot. If you want to become a patron of the podcast, find us on Patreon and pledge a monthly contribution. Even just $2 a month would be a huge encouragement. Hi, and welcome to Mad Beef, the Australian Rollerblading Podcast. I'm Mikey Lynch, and this episode I talk with Ian Smith with, uh, about um, how to fall well. We look at topics like protective gear, teaching beginners how to fall, unlearning natural habits, what to do when you pop out from a vert ramp, when you need to come off a um, handrail, or start to fall backwards when landing fakie doing a gap, and what to do when you notice that you're on a collision course with someone else in a skate park. Awesome, man. That's really good. I, I don't know if you've got the time and energy and enthusiasm for another topic while I've got you. Did you yeah, have a, sure. Yeah, did you have a look at the, the list that we came up back when um, and did anything jump come out to you after our Facebook message chat the, a few days ago? I've got it on my screen at the moment and, um, yeah, I'm not too fast about any of it. Um, is there anything, I don't know, have you been leading up to anything or... Anything that would be handy in your eyes that you think might be missing? Because, yeah, I'm not. Um, um, I don't have uh, a strong opinion. Yeah, okay. Well, if you don't. Um, uh, how about we do something related to, to skate park or street skating? So something about picking a spot or a line, something around that kind of area. Does that, does that sound good to you? Like something on that kind of topic? Sure. Or How to Fall is another one that jumps out to me. We haven't done heaps on Oh, yeah, How to Fall. That sounds like you're up for that one. Let's do that one. Cool. Yeah, okay. All right, so uh, you got to, I mean, learning, you got to learn how to fall, right? And even teaching kids, you got to teach them how to fall pretty early on. Um, yeah. And then as you learn and advance big time, fear of falling can be a real hurdle, but also falling can put you out of commission. And then getting older falling has a whole extra cost to it as your body just heals differently and you've got other responsibilities. So there's several layers to why thinking about falling well is actually an important thing. So which of those ones do you want to take first? You know, how to fall, what are your thoughts, well, Ian? It's, uh, it's an interesting topic because I've been thinking about it a bit lately, which is why uh, when you mentioned it earlier, I've gone, oh, yeah. Uh, because I've uh, been spending a bit more time uh, with my son rollerblading. And, um, you know, three months ago he was, yeah, I don't know, maybe about all of it. And um, I put skates on him and put knee pads on. He's like, oh, I don't want to wear those. Those are no good. And then, you know, he sort of stumbled a little bit and cut his knee open a little bit and then would scratch his hands here and there. And I'm like, look, you know, I've got these things, and I've got them for you, and they're ready, they're here. You know, I didn't want to force him into doing anything, um, and we weren't doing anything super, like, uh, technical or dangerous. We were basically skating on flat land, so I didn't want to make him wear restrictive pads or anything at that time. Um, but then he started to see why, oh, that's why Daddy wears uh, knee pads. Now, I've, I've got gaskets on. And um, they're quite heavy, so I can fall quite well on them. 
I don't need to um, to be um, wearing vert pads every day like we did back in the day. But um, I've, I've at least got something on. And, um, yeah, so I've managed to convince him to, um, to wear the knee pads and wrist guards. And it's been interesting observing him as, you know, this basically beginner um, and how he naturally falls without any training, without teaching him, showing him how to do anything, how he naturally falls over. And he'll fall forwards and fall backwards and do things. And I'd look at it and go, ow, like I'd be down for a week after that. <laughs> um, because, yeah, he's got the, the natural instincts and he hasn't like unlearned them. And, um, and that's one of those things when you get to a, a certain point in, um, in rollerblading where you have to start unlearning bad habits like falling backwards and throwing your arms behind yourself uh, yeah. because that's exactly how you break your wrists. Yeah, that's right. And Which is why, I mean, one of my big my things is, you know, I mean, I, my, my bit of advice would be, you know, knee pads would be one of the best things you can get a beginner, you yeah. know, early on and in a way more than wrist guards for exactly that reason. You really want to symbolize in a big way that's where you want to go. If you can go yeah. that way, you want to go onto your knees. You want to go forward. That's the way you want to think. Um, well, and mm. and in the the basic teachings that I've been doing with uh, with all of my kids, uh, but my son most of all, my eldest, he's the one most interested. Um, I just find myself when I'm watching him, I'm just saying, lean forward, lean forward. If you're not leaning forward, yep. you're falling backwards. That's lean right. forward, lean forward. Yeah. You're not leaning forward enough. He goes, I am. I said, try leaning forward more. You will see what I mean. Mm. And it increases your speed. It increases your stance. You naturally put your feet at shoulder width. Like you can't stand up straight if you're leaning forward. So you don't have, you know, that unnatural knee position yeah. where you, you're in that locked, like off balance. You have to actually bend your knees properly. And you tend to then, like your, your feet, your ankles bend in more that way as well, don't you? When you're standing up straight, you you know, it's all that. Exactly. Of, yeah. You end up shoulder width. You end up with a nice sort of, you know, 15 to 20 degree curve, like bend in your knee. You, um, you naturally do that when you're leaning forward. And, um, yeah, you notice it, look at pretty much any skate video where when people start taking off, they're leaning far forward yeah. and, um, you don't really think about it as a, a beginner. Um, and it's, it's something that as I've sort of experienced progression, I've noticed that it's such an easy thing that I can quickly tell someone to do. And, um, in that is how you fall. Because and I mean, the falling when you're thing, that's in that part position. of what the, the stunt person, you know, like in movies and stuff, some of that you're paying a stunt person to do some sick parkour thing or whatever. But some yeah. of the reason they have stunt people is it, they get stunt people in films to even do pretty simple things, right? But it's because the people can fall well, right? Like it's not just that they're good at yeah. doing the crazy-ass jump, but it's also just that when they come off the car, off the steps or out the window or down the stairs, they know how to manage their exactly. physical body and they know how to roll and they don't yeah. bang the back of their head and they keep their elbows tucked and they yeah. pull their knee into the side and you know take the impact on your big muscle instead of bone like it's all these things that are obvious but when you're in that split second i'm falling situation and you're panicking it's really hard to do and yeah that's when uh, you become the stunt driver <laughs> and um yeah and yeah and uh, having the right padding on and in in my opinion beginners a minimum of a helmet um if you're going to be doing anything um because the worst thing uh, that you can ever do is hit your head 
and um, it's just not worth it. Yep. And um, skates, I love them to death, um, but they can be really dangerous with inexperience, and falling backwards is the worst thing ever. And um, it's so easy to um, to fall backwards, put your hands behind yourself, you know, have your arms give way, you can break a wrist, and in there you smack your head on the ground and it's all bad. So you've got your helmet on. Um, wrist guards, in my opinion, are a, a 50-50, depending on what you like. Mm. Um, I think, and what I've done for my kids, is I've given them wrist guards, but I don't think that they're to protect their wrists so so much as to protect them from bruising and scraping of skin. Um, yep. I try not to put them on there too tight. I don't think uh, having super tight wrist guards is an advantage. Um, it just moves the pressure that you're putting on the wrist to further up your arm. And I have seen several of my friends break their arm with wrist guards on because they've you know, it's just transferred the pressure from where the wrist is to further up the arm. Um, so if you're going to uh, break a wrist, I think it would be slightly preferable to uh, sprain a wrist by having your, your wrist guard on and it stretches it further. Um, and then you don't get all of the, you know, the, the nasty gravel or you know, concrete or whatever else from falling on it in there with, with a bit of a wrist guard on. Um, but... As you progress, like, I don't know um, where you're at. I don't know a lot of people wouldn't live without their wrist guards because mainly because they've injured themselves in the in the past. But I don't wear wrist guards anymore. I don't wear gloves. Yep. Um, and I think that's I've just had I'm, a few like, of those bruising situations where I felt out of – like that was one of the things coming back where I didn't bother with wrist guards until I, I had a – a bad landing that bruised, landing on the edge of a bit of concrete or something and felt like like it just kind of hit that little bit of the top of the, you know, where the where the top of your, kind of the, the pad of your thumb hits your wrist there. And it was kind of bruised in yep. through there. And it just yeah. kind of made me not really feeling comfortable to go skating for, you know, the amount of time it takes to heal as a late 30s man. That just annoyed me. That I just went, I, I yep. can't comfortably even just kind of, you know, kind of like put too much pressure on that. And, and so just having that bit of an extra splint and bit of extra material there to sort of sort of soften the impact of that bruising. That's that's the one, that was my experience yeah. that made me go, like I know it's not going to stop a major arm injury, but if it can stop a few of those extra scrapes you mentioned and just pretend some of that, that bruising that's just sufficiently painful that makes you not want to, do you know what I mean? That, that was, yep, that was yep. what made and me go I'm, for the risk guard. I'm on board with you and I have yeah. no problem with um, with that exact philosophy. Yeah, and um, yeah, I had someone uh, on the internet uh, asking me the other day uh, what my opinion on wrist guards were, and um, I ended up uh, showing them what my favorite wrist guard of all time was, and that was the John Julio Porn wrist guards, and that's because they weren't actually wrist guards. Uh, they still had the splint, but they literally stopped. The splint stopped at the the start of your wrist, mm. and then they had a little wrap around, so that they were leather. And with a Kevlar pad underneath the palm, there were half fingers, not full glove, but then the – so fingerless gloves uh, with a little uh, plastic piece on the palm and then a little wrist wraparound. Is that like and, what the lazy um, legs were as well? Because I had a pair of them and I can't remember if they they were actually like – was that what they were called? They were the gloves, thingies? They part? did have some similar ones, yeah. They, yeah. they weren't actually wrist guards. They were just gloves. And yeah, I had the – the best 
experience with those. I did, yeah, some of my my you know biggest tricks in my heyday. That's when um, when I was using those, and um, yeah, they saved me plenty of times doing exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, okay. And um, yeah, save your save your palms, save your wrists, but allow your wrists to flex. Yep. So if you do have those big falls. Because part of it you, is well, part of good yeah, falling is actually a degree of limpness, isn't it? Like it's not the stiffening, like it's the falling backwards and stiffening up your arms, locking your arms. A lot of this stuff is um, there's a certain degree of actually letting yourself go. Like I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna fall now. I've got to go with that and actually, you know, go with the momentum that's happening there rather than try to. <laughs> In a way, yeah, yeah. yeah it's um, it's not tensing up, hmm. so you you you're not. Uh, going limp so much as you're going to try and take the impact with something yeah so um with your, your skating i'll um say we're talking about some sort of drop you're either on vert and you've popped out too far or you've gone off a gap or you're coming off a rail and you're landing on a flat piece of ground um now ideally your feet are the first thing that's going to hit the ground and um if there's any way in which you can make that happen that is the best way that can be a problem if your feet are going to get tangled up, and I've sprained uh, ankles doing exactly that. Um, just you don't want to tangle your feet up together or twist them when you're landing. Um, that's when most people get most of their uh, the their really long and long-term injuries is uh, in twisting more yep. than a straight impact. Um, for some reason, it's uh, some people will break a bone off a very small uh, impact. Uh, but the problem at the time was they were twisting or there was yeah. some sort of twisting motion in the leg, in the arm. So there's an extra force going through the bone. Uh. Yeah, and that seems to be the contributing factor. I mean, obviously, it's not going to be in every case, but um, that's what I've seen in the past. And that's that's the thing in the end that all the worrying parents and girlfriends and individuals and, the you know, the... the, the like apart from what you said with the helmet, that can do a massive thing. Yeah. Oh, helmets, yeah, helmets so, without a doubt. So many you're doing injuries. something you're not sure about, just put a helmet on. It it doesn't like obstruct your vision, yeah. it doesn't hurt you. Like it sorry if it hurts your pride a little bit. But it can save your life injuries, literally. All the other big injuries you're gonna do, you can't pad against, can you? You can't pad against that ah. tor that torque twisting through an ankle, through a knee, through a wrist and no, through the through twisting a, you can't. And through no. a bone. Enough enough no. impact on a bone and there's no knee pad or gasket that's going to stop luck or experience will get you out of those ones yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah and um yeah so basically you're trying to get your feet or your your big big bulky muscles your butt is a good one yeah. uh, to try and get under yourself um generally if you're, you're coming down hard you want to try and go into that sort of sitting to the side position yep. Get your feet down, hit them as hard as you can, so literally almost kick the ground, and then, like you say, go limp. You basically relax into it and try and fall yourself forward. Yep. And, um, yeah, ideally if you're at speed, you roll, because a roll will take care of a lot of your speed. Um, and if you're wearing pads, brilliant. Let them hit the ground. Uh, unless you're wearing vert pads, you don't want them to be hitting the ground first. Because, uh, yeah, we're back skating vert. We could land pretty heavily on um, on knees. I mean, you wouldn't go 12 foot straight to your knees, but you would put your feet down, take the, the start of the impact, 
and then go to your knees. If you're wearing knee pads, brilliant. Let them do their job. Um, and then the, the natural progression is your hands and your elbows and whether or not you've, um, you've got any protection on those. Um, but, yeah, it's that sort of first big impact that you're trying to stop uh, the major injuries. That's when most of the damage is done. And, um, yeah, if you can get away with uh, stamping your feet down and then going off to the side and rolling, you might lose a bit of skin rather than, you know, breaking something. What's the biggest is, um, pop-out drop you've experienced in um, invert skating? How, that, I mean, that's, that gets pretty nasty once you're up high above the platform, right? Yeah. Um, look, I, I don't know. If, um, it used to be just a, a normal thing. When you go to a, a competition, you're on a ramp, you've never skated before, and um, straight away they're expecting you to, to do, you know, your highest airs. So you, you're pushing five, six, seven foot, and... Um, yeah, within the first couple of airs, usually you've, uh, we used to just call it plugged. You know, we plugged a few airs, so you land really low in the transition. And it's um, it's not usually a problem um, as long as you don't push out too far. Um, and pushing out too far is not usually with an air. That's usually with some sort of trick or a spin. And I think uh, my worst ones have come from uh, – I went through a time when I was trying to learn flat spins. And for whatever reason, they just weren't happening for me. And, um, yeah, I fairly clearly remember uh, Vertex Turn Point. Um, as a, it was a 12-foot ramp, I think, uh, just to vert. And, um, yeah, landing almost dead flat from <laughs> probably a foot above the coping. And um, I got my feet under myself, but barely. So I took most of the, the impact with my shoulder and um, yeah, because I was going so fast, my head hit the ground. Yeah, I wasn't in a very good way. I think Ouch. I ended up with bruises on my hip and all sorts of stuff. When you translate yeah. that to a house and a roof, that's a, yeah, that's basically a fell off the roof to, gap, to my side. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was on, onto timber, which yeah, is a little yeah, bit yeah, more forgiving than give, concrete yeah. or something. Mm. But um, and I was wearing pads, but um, yeah, still, it's <laughs> only like an inch of an inch of movement that is uh, between I mean, you and a piece of concrete. Timber or a metal over a frame does have, I mean, it is a nicer thing than learning some of this stuff on largely the concrete parks people have access to, isn't it? Like there's that, yeah, it's, it's, not, definitely. it's not heaps, but it's still, there's a bit of give there, isn't there? There's a bit of softness. No, there's, there's, it's there's something about it. concrete, yeah. And, and I, th I think it's something about the slide as well. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. It's not on, a friction on, of... On timber, um, yeah, you can... Yeah, it doesn't grab you. Yes. You slide a little bit. And the slide, you know, allows you to get away with a lot. You know, like a, a baseball is sliding rather than, you know, if it was a concrete you know, yeah. pitch, a, a diamond that they were on, they're not jumping to their side. No way. But on dirt, you know, as a kid, sliding through dirt, whatever. Yeah, here in Tassie yeah. on the West Coast, there's this old mining town called Queenstown. Um, which is like it's been like it was copper mine, so all the hills around it is like a moonscape. It's all just mined to death. All it's a beautiful spot, but there's just all the trees are gone, slight uh. greeny tinge because of the copper oxide. Um, mm. And then in the centre of the town, there's a gravel AFL pitch. <laughs> Imagine playing AFL and getting tackled to the ground on like gravel stones. Yeah, yeah, um, that's um, well, that's for them. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so when you're, though, doing a trick related to a, a coping or a handrail, there's another option available yep. to you as well, which is um, you watch a lot of the people, say, for example, skating handrails, and their instinct to, to actually grab the rail as a part of the fall process is... Um, yeah, definitely. ...is a key survival tactic, right, rather than being... Like if you're too that is high your, above the rail, so pretty that much your saviour. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you're too high up, yeah. then your only job is to topple off, and then you, it's, there's stairs waiting for you. Whereas if you're down on the rail and you know that grabbing the rail can slow you and can save you, then um, that's a good option to have. Well, look, um, and that sort of uh, moves into my second point. A lot of the time, I'll wear a shin guard on my um, my natural side, so I'm a natural left foot sole. So I'll wear a left foot shin guard, not so much on my right, um, even though I do quite a lot of switch tricks. Um, I, I have a tendency to not hit my shin. I'll, if I slip on a, a right foot sole trick, it'll more go towards my knee or my boot. Yeah. Um, so I've been sort of lucky that way. But um, shin guards are definitely a thing for learning once you um, progress into to grinding and things, if you've given yourself a chance to um, to learn anything else before that. Um because, yeah, there's nothing quite like hitting your shins a couple oh. of times in the same spot to put you off for a long time. So you said before, like, you know, your, your, your fat or your muscle is so much better than hitting your bone, and shin yeah. is just, I mean, shin and, well, el- is, and elbow, right? I mean, that's, that's the, the, they just, yeah. that's just, mis- <laughs> and tailbone, oh, I guess, is the other We have that. this, oh, <laughs> oh, yes, I've broken my tailbone oh, more than once, and I wouldn't recommend it. It's horrible. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I was still in school the first time I did it, and um, yeah, I had to stand behind my chair uh-huh. uh, at school for um, a week and a half because uh-huh. I just could not sit. Even after it was a fracture, it's yeah. you know nothing special, but you know you go to the doctor and they're like, "Yep, put up with it." Like, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are they going to do? They can't splint it. It doesn't require surgery or anything. It's just you know a crack in a bone. But it's in a very delicate spot, yeah. And sitting down for more than ten seconds was a problem, and um, so yeah, being at school with that was no fun. I remember riding home on the train uh, after doing that one. I was on a handrail. I just split the rail basically. Yeah. Uh, going to do a, a front side or something, probably front side or a sole, I believe. And um, yeah, one foot either side came down, basically sat back on it, and it yeah, it bit me in the bum. This is the and thing that I just can't get my head around. It's phenomenal, the risk, isn't it, when you look at these. I don't know if you were ever someone who'd do these, like, disasters where there'd be, like, a down rail, then flat, and then a second down, and would do a disaster down to, like, a, you know, a far side sole on the second down rail and, a, you know, set of steps. The, the, been my thing. At that, <laughs> at that speed, you know, and with that much, like, what it, <laughs> oh, the things that would go yeah. wrong, man. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, they could, and I'm sure they have. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I guess you're just hoping at that point that something is going to come in contact with the ground before your head does. Yeah. Um, teeth. And, uh, well, yeah. Uh, I've seen some nasty teeth injuries. Yeah, I saw but, there was um, a guy, I clipped uh, his foot, a really good skater in Melbourne who clipped his foot on the old Paran ramp and um, just came down, smashed his teeth out. You know, the teeth were getting airs off the other side and, and they ended up having to wheel, they basically wheeled him on his skates to the hospital nearby. Um, that was the easiest way to get him there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, look, teeth are easily replaced, but it's not yeah. fun. No, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, after you're um, on a rail 
Um, if, you, if you've got a shin guard on, you're fairly well protected. Um, splitting the rail is probably the worst thing you can do. You know, keep your tailbone as protected as you can by trying not to put one leg either side. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's a the, – in all of the falling, in all of – I don't know how much experience you have with handrails, but um, you grab the rail is the first thing you do when you start falling. Or even if half the time, if you're not doing a trick quite the way that you want to, it's so easy because you're already there to just sort of relax your legs, grab the rail, turn yourself around, and you can be back at the top in three seconds, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's it's the hands are the savior. And um, and then there's always uh, when you come off or you miss or you have to stop early because you're not, on the pos- not positioned right on the rail jumping onto the stairs, having some experience with uh, either running down, skating down, or jumping over stairs is really handy. Yeah. Because um, uh, it can be quite dangerous, and yeah, I've seen a, a couple of head injuries from uh, people landing on stairs just having bailed and not hitting their head hard, but, you know, having contact with a stair make you bleed quite quickly. Because uh, yeah, yeah that, that's a sharp edge, and generally they're made very stiff. So, um, so yeah. we can't. I mean, you can't, in a sense, always guarantee how you're going to land on stairs. But I mean, a stair basics, oh. and again, this is vintage trick territory, right? But um, it's a key straddling stance, right? If you're going to land with two feet next to each other on the stairs, the likelihood you're going to catch and fall is much higher than if you can get one foot in front of the other a bit, right? So you actually. Well, look, I guess it it, yeah. it all depends on your speed as well. Yeah. Because ideally, you can just you've you've got enough speed to stop yourself. Like you're not going at a, a pace at which you can't grab onto the rail. Yeah. yeah. And um, like still hold onto it. And if that's the case, then it's fairly easy. Ninety degrees. Put one foot on one step, one foot yeah, on the yeah, next yeah. step, and grab the rail. And you stopped apples. You know, go out and try again. Yeah. Yeah, um, but handrails and um, and and gaps can be quite different. It's um, it it all depends on how fast you're going, really, on what your your strategy is going to be with falling. Um, so with falling backwards on gaps, we talked about this in a uh, one of the your history podcast things, I think. But it's it's mm-hmm. a very stable uh, way of landing to land fakey. Um, and yet yep. one of the things that can happen is you can not... I mean, like, the good thing about landing fake is it forces you to be leaning forward again, so you skid out forward, but you could not get enough roll, right? And so you kind, yes. of, kind of hit to a stop, and then you're going backwards, which is, especially if you're not wearing a helmet, bad territory, but what's your advice in that situation? If you find yourself, you're, you've done a, some kind of gap or something like that, you're landing fake, and you suddenly go, crap, I'm not rolling, I'm, my, my feet have stopped, my momentum's going backwards... Yep. Don't don't put your hands out stiff behind you. No, no, no. Um, I I have a bit of experience with this one. We um, I was on the the physics team, um, so I was trying to put the largest possible wheels I could put on suspension frames, and that's great except for when you start doing gaps. And um, I started noticing that if I was doing a big gap it was really hard to roll out of. And um, I took a look under the frames and what was happening was the suspension was actually forcing my wheel up into my boot and it would hit my boot. So effectively putting brakes on uh, when I hit the ground. So I've got a a few shots of me uh, doing gaps and things. And um, 
come down fakie because fakie is always the easiest way to to come out of it. it looks but better. You're basically someone doing parkour at that point. You're just landing on shoes. <laughs> yeah, uh, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and the way that uh, that I saw myself getting out of it most, and uh, quite a lot of people I saw doing the same thing, was doing a half twist. Like as you're going backwards, doing a half twist and landing forwards, but you know, like you're doing almost a, a cartwheel over your left shoulder, trying to to come out of something forwards when you've clearly started in reverse. Yeah. So don't fall directly backwards. Um, if there's anything you can do about it, turn yourself around forwards. Yeah. If you're falling. Good tip. Any other things before we wrap up on falls, either for beginners? I mean, we just hit into some more advanced territory there, but that's quite fun. It's nice to touch on handrail stuff. I don't know if there's extra things with street skating or with beginners, with kids, um, or with vert skating that we haven't... Uh, let's do this. Let's do um, uh, hitting others, right? So the, the park situation. Oh, hitting others, yeah. Um, so let's do it first with a kid. So my first <laughs> advice for a kid is if you, it looks like you're going to hit someone more experienced, you don't move they're more likely to move. Like, you're going to make things worse if you move as well. You should try and stop so the other, the more experienced person can get around. That's what I would say to a kid is, if possible, you kind of, you stop or you drop or you... Yeah. Cause if no, you, I, see, I see what you're saying. Yeah. What would your um, advice be to a kid if you're, if a collision thing is, like, apart from teaching them not to snake to begin with, let's say yeah. they are going to hit, let's say the other person, who knows, whatever's going on, what's your advice? What would you say? Well, look, snaking aside, be aware um, like you, you might not be snaking, you might have the park to yourself, but like you said, you know, there's a, a more experienced person who's taking a line that you didn't see because you would never think of that, or they're coming from really far away. So they're approaching you very fast. Now I've been on both sides of this where I've been in the way of someone. It's easy enough to do at a skate park. And, um, I've been the person coming, flying at someone. I've taken out no less than, uh, half a dozen people like, seriously and I've, i'm aware of two people that i sent to the hospital um wow. from running into them and the advice that i would give to anyone is to bail don't try and save it don't try to swerve left or right just go to your knees yep. just stop yourself just relax go to like a back sitting position and if that's how you collide with the person that you're going to hit it'll probably hurt less than hitting your head on the ground, being in a jumping sort of position where you're going to get flipped, you know, head over heels or at an awkward sort of twisting motion is not going to be good. If you're ready to hit the ground, bail. And, um, yeah, that's unfortunately how I've, yeah, I know that I've, I've hurt people, obviously not intentionally, but how they've come to be injured is that I've gone at them, you know, someone's coming at me, I'm going full speed at a bank and they've come down to start a run or something and I'm coming up the bank at pace and I, I, I can't do anything, I can't steer around you, there's nowhere for me to go. I go to my knees and if they're still standing up when I hit them, they're going to go flying and if they're on a skateboard, that board's staying with me and they're going over my shoulder. Yeah. Um, and, I mean... That's not ideal, but if that in that same situation that kid had like ditched the board and bailed or like gone to their knees, we wouldn't have had such a, a quick like it wouldn't have been so hard because it would have come off earlier. 
you're lowering centers uh, of gravity as well, aren't you? So there's less leverage yeah. points for, again, kind of throwing and tossing. Yeah, okay, so your advice exactly. for experienced or inexperienced is basically bail. As soon as you notice something's going to happen. If you know, you, you need to make your reaction. So it's it's kind of like what I was alluding to before you. You need to break those habits. You need to do the unnatural thing yeah. and not lean backwards, not throw your hands behind yourself, not swerve. You know, it's like when you're driving a car and you see a kangaroo jump out on fr- in front of you, which in Canberra happens. You don't swerve. Uh, swerving is going to um, be very dangerous because unless you know exactly what's going around you, um, you know, there could be other people, other things going on. Oh, yeah. Swerving is unexpected so other things happen the best thing to do is hit the brakes in straight line yep and in in line that is to uh, bail so yep. just drop your knees on your side and um yeah put your knees out in front of you hopefully you got knee pads on and that'll be a, a better impact for you and for anything you might come in contact with Hopefully not a bike. experienced Take skater, her. though, you add the extra, which a, which a less experienced doesn't have. So let's take the situation where it's not quite as dramatic as that one you described with the bank. But there are a lot yep. of situations where there's a larger region for error. Do you know what I mean? You're, whatever it is, yeah. you're, you're about to transfer over a spine, and then you see someone taking a line back into the park. You've got like yep. a, a whole bowl space between you and this other person. There's potentially some space for discretion. Would you still always bail, or what? What are some of the the principles you'd use in terms of navigating where you think actually there there is space? Realistically, there's space to swerve here. Um, any any extra? generally, yep. You have you have about a, you know a tenth of a second to work out what you're going to do. Yeah. You're either going to go left or right, and if you go left and they go left, the easiest thing what I've found in the past is to grab onto them. So you make the t- again, momentum, like, and their shout momentum. Is the other thing, right? If they're not noticing, yeah, of course, issue, yeah. Like if they're not noticing, yes. then then don't be quiet at this point, right? Don't don't be <sighs> embarrassed. But if you shout, and go, no, it's, watch it's a good out. idea to, yep. to communicate, yeah, and give them a hug, and, totally um, grab them, and if well, you could, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Well, I mean, keep them. Uh, you know, you don't want to give them a hug. It's, it's a bit dangerous. You know, you get your <laughs> yeah, heads yeah, too yeah. close together. You can cause more problems than you're solving. But. To um, to grab you know grab someone I've done it plenty of times you know grab them either on the shoulder or on the arm or something like that. And the handlebars like, if it's a bike or a scooter potentially. Oh god, don't grab handlebars. That's bad. Oh, <laughs> the speed you're going right. They're in control. Yeah. yeah if um if you grab their handlebars, they're out of control. Yeah. Um, but if you grab their body, they still have some sort of control. And um, if you're going to impact, it's basically if your last resort, you cannot avoid this impact. You grab onto them, you join your momentums together, then you're not going to impact them. Then at that point, there's an obvious thing to do. Then you've given yourself that extra time so you can go, okay, now I'm on your left, so I'm going to pull left. Or I'm on your right, so I'm going to pull right. You know, get away from that person. And you give your both parties a chance to bail in their own way or recover if they can. Um, But, yeah, basically, uh, hopefully – you pull the, the correct way, but you never know what's going to happen in that millisecond that you have to work out which way you want to go. And if you get too close to them, yeah, grab on and hope you don't hurt them. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I reckon we've got some good stuff there, man. Thanks very much. Cool, cool. No worries. It's nice to be back in touch and getting some material out together again. It's good. It's been a while. Yeah. No, it's nice. Um, yeah, I was uh, just thinking while we were talking – um, 
different equipment and things might be interesting. Uh, oh, yeah. Hardware. Yeah, I think we've got a, a little thing on hardware. Yeah, that'd so be good. I might um, write something up and, yeah, for another time when you've um, got the, the motivation again. We'll... Sounds good, man. Yeah, we'll hook that up and, and that sounds like a really good topic to, to touch on. Mad Beef Rollerblading Podcast is produced by Mikey Lynch. Theme music by Edifice Architect. You can subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes and Stitcher and get in touch with us on our Facebook page. Mad Beef is supported by Skater HQ. You can find them online at skaterhq.com.au. We are also supported by our growing number of Patreon patrons. To support the podcast, find us on Patreon. Even just $2 a month, every little bit helps.